0: I remember saying to him, this is some
1: trip
0: Sean Murray, this is unbelievable. He says, well, it's not a trip, Muggsy. it's a tour. And I was
1: like, no, but you know what I mean? He says, no, I don't. <laughs> Pro there again D and G. Dol
0: Cavan. Yeah, It's t- 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 L and G anyway, Larry and Galvin anyway. <laughs> that's the that's the brand name in anyway. here. This season the show is brought to you by AirGrid, official timing sponsors of the GAA All Ireland Hurling and Football Championship, and key drivers in Ireland's pursuit of a cleaner energy future. Hello folks, I'm delighted and honored to be Joined by the great Joe Broly for Coral. He's
1: come, come out of Punditry retirement. Out, he came out, especially, yes. he came out especially of off.
0: retirement just to join us here and have an old chin wag like the good old days. Joe, you're very welcome to Corolla at Moss and Association with Air Grid. We're delighted to have you on board. How's life? Are you enjoying life? Are you enjoying life in Derry at the moment, Joe?
1: Well, life is always interesting for me. And uh, I suppose the more in yourself, I'd be a very restless person. So I need to, I need to have something there. And so with the law, with the political writing, with all the sort of many things that I do, that uh, keeps me twirling. And uh, yeah, I I think the older I've got now, especially in the last five or six years now, I'm really enjoying life more than I ever did.
0: You appreciate life a little bit more, or you have a different outlook, or what is it?
1: I'm, I'm more relaxed and I'm, uh, t- you know, I, I have less anger. This is like a psychiatry session already. I know. And, and and we, we're,
0: we're after getting into this very, but I'm actually interested. Would you, would you have been at, on edge in your earlier day? Would you all be constantly going? Did you find it hard to
1: sit? Oh, yeah, constantly, constantly. And it. it's nightmares, not sleeping, you know, seeing. I used to see figures at night, you know, uh, uh, in my room when I would wake up. See a dead boy, badly burned. Jesus. And, uh, but all that's all that's gone. It's all abated. Last five or six years, and particularly the last few years.
0: What would you put that down to, Joe?
1: It's hard to say. I think that... Uh,
0: Spending less time in my company, maybe.
1: No, I always enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. I saw... Oh, it was your fault. You're the one who got me into trouble with Marty Morrissey. Do you remember that day?
0: I uh, I do remember that day. I often tell that... story. what I was, I was
1: going to say. I told you what I was going to say. Yeah, and, and said,
0: I said... Jesus Christ, you can't say that. We're not going to say that here either, Joe. I can tell you that, but... <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember you telling me and I saying, good God almighty, if that man says that, we're all, we'll shut down our team. Which I didn't no, no, then, no, no. because you had advise me not to. And I actually thought what you said wasn't too bad, but apparently it wasn't that good either.
1: <laughs>
0: Lester, Lester lost the rag that day. It was, like,
1: it was like two young boys in school, you know, sitting at the back.
0: I didn't know. When you were actually coming out to say it, I didn't know where to look, because you started a sentence. And Calvin football, and I says, oh, Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> I was looking sideways, and you came out with it, and uh, Lester got 19 you, off that day.
1: And then you burst out laughing. <laughs> then I got worse, you see, I could even get here there, because then he says, oh, Joe, you're going to have to apologize for that. And I said, I, I want to apologize to the people of Calvin. you <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so, Thanks, little, no
0: <laughs> That was my you first are. day. I was never as nervous in all my life. You calm me down.
1: <laughs> Bernie <laughs> Flynn's first day. Right. Bernie well, Flynn's first day. i the television
0: screen now and nobody think different after what you're after seeing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was funny. I saw the tweet you put out lately that you were at the Derry game with your young fella and that you planned to, to like the rest of us, get out the gate before the, the match finished and you found yourself scaling Scaling the wire, jumping onto the pitch. What is it about the GA, Joe? What is it like? And I know we'll talk about Rory Gallagher. We'll talk about the actual match in a second. But what is it about the GA that actually 30 fellas running after a ball actually fucking drives us mad and dominates my life, dominates your life probably?
1: And I think particularly for our generation, you know, before the game, became more professionalized than before. You had this very novel situation that we'd never seen before of a manager coming from a different place to manage your club or a manager coming from a different place to manage your county, which is really unheard of until the last sort of 20, 20 years. years. Um, the, the GAA, I suppose, because of the community basis of it, um, has been an expression of who we are and your self-respect and your, your sense of honor, comes from the GAA and therefore you know if if your team if your team isn't playing with honour and with courage it it reflects very badly in you. You, you feel it very strongly in yourself. And I you mean know, I was very struck by what Fergal McCusker said, you know, who played in the dairy team with us and his club Glenn had never won the championship ever, and this year they won it for the first time. And Fergal had played on a lot of very good teams. I mean, five or six really top county players playing on the team that he played on, and they were perennial losers. And he was out on the pitch after the game with one of his sons in his arm, and he was beaming and he was jumping. And uh, Mark Sidebottom from the BBC said, "Oh, Fergal McCusker," he said, "You know, how do you feel?" And he said, "I'll tell you how I feel, Mark." He said, I feel I can go anywhere in the country you now, I can go into any bar and hold my head high when I tell them I'm from Glen. Mm. Yeah.
0: Did you get that? It's, 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 it's
1: a very deep it's more you know, and and, and also because it's because it's ours, mm. you know, and it's not it's not something that you consume, you know. We're not supporting Manchester United or Celtic or AC Milan. You know, we're not mere supporters. We live this through our our families and what's been passed down to us and then what's coming after us. And uh, there's that uh, sense of connection to it all. It's about who we are at its heart.
0: Is that electricity kind of going through? Was it out on the pitch that day?
1: Well, you could see, like... Obviously, but Timmy McGuinness subverted all the norms of Gaelic football, and we watched in a sort of a mixture of horror and fascination. I mean, I, I can, I'll always remember what you said to me. You said, "Like, should I, should I, I didn't know what was going on." Said <laughs> the, the goalie set the ball down to kick it out, and Rory Kavanaugh ran down into the defense. I said, "What the fuck's going on here?" You he said that to me, and you know. Jimmy sort of it was the first person to really apply the laws of physics to Gaelic football and say, "Well, look, why do we have to man mark, and why do we have to allow very good opposing forwards opportunities to attack our defenders? Why don't we just, you know, as Kevin Cassidy said to me whenever I was given out to him about their their infamous 2011 semi final with Dublin, and at that stage, of course, it was the first time that people had really seen it properly." And I don't know if you recall, but everybody in Croke Park booed. There was just constant booing at Donegal's performance and derision poured on them. You know, last year, Kilku went to the All-Ireland Club title, became All-Ireland Club champions, and it's now the norm. It's now the norm. And um, so if you're going to play the blanket defence, you might as well hire one of the co-inventors of it. And that's what Derry did with Rory Gallagher. And you can see how difficult it is to play against. I mean, really, uh, if Derry had been just a bit more adventurous in the Donegal game, we would have done to them what we'd done to Tyrone and Monaghan. I mean, basically those games were over at half times. They were annihilations. And what you see is good footballers, not a very good forward line, now our Ulster champions, very convincing Ulster champions, and who's going to want to play them? You know. So as as I wrote in my column last Sunday, you know, woeful shape, but who gives a fuck? And you know the the criticisms that we were sort of leveling at at Donny all of that. The interesting thing was, whenever Derry have been doing that, you still it doesn't prevent you feeling that elation. I mean, the final whistle. I was I was out over one of those old, those old perspex dugouts. I was slithering across it like a seal, you know. Not sure where I was landing at the other end, falling in the falling into the pitch, running for, out. you were looking for Rory pitch. Gallagher to give him a fucking big hug, were you? Every other person, no, well, not really, not not really. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he's just a paid manager. He's a hired manager. Yeah. And you know, we've just got to get used to that. This is the way it is now, and. For me, what was most interesting was the difference—the differing generational reactions to Derry's performance. Like I was sitting right beside the Derry miners, and one of their their assistant manager, Bandy McGuigan, Me and him played for Given together, and me and Bandy were going like, "Oh fuck's sake, roll your eyes, you know." It was, like, don't forget, it was I think it was thirteen minutes before there was a score in the game. Yeah, you know, there wasn't a single opportunity. Derry had completely shut Donegal down. Yeah, you know, we we then held the ball. I mean, whenever Derry went a point up at the start of the second period of extra time, I said to Bandy, "I think, I think Derry will actually hold the ball now for the next nine minutes." <laughs> 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 it's so weird, you know, from our day when, and of course, it's the rule makers' fault. I mean, the, the the fault I've been arguing uh, as you have for many many years. The problem that the rule makers have is that they have not, they have not focused on the correct principle, and the correct principle is make the game a spectacle ensure that it's a spectacle forget about what a manager thinks forget about you know the the concept of winning which is now these are now these are the principles now that dominate the game we've allowed managers particularly jimmy mcginnis and then what's come from that to dominate the game without the rule makers taking any steps to change that we need to do what happened with rugby we need to do what happened with basketball you know so means There there are a number of simple things. First thing the ball should never be passed to the keeper. Under any circum You cannot allow you you cannot pass the ball to the keeper. The keeper can win a ball if it comes to him from the other team, but you cannot pass the ball to him. That that immediately encourages the opposing team to press up, stops teams killing the game by just playing the ball, playing donkey with the keeper, moving the ball around. Second rule, you must kick the ball out behind the forty-five. Don't care whether you say that it's a skill to kick the ball short and to hold possession and retain possession. It must be a contest, You You enforce the contest. The rule makers say, don't really care what you think about that. Kick out must go beyond the 45. Right? Ball can't go back over the halfway line. And then the fourth thing, and this would be relatively easy to do, they've done it in Aussie rules. Instead of having a highly trained referee deciding whether the ball has gone over the sideline on each side, you put one on each half, zonal defending is out. No sweeper. As soon as a man drops off and drops into a space in front of that, 21-yard free in front of the goals. right? You enforce the spectacle. Now, there are a number of other things that you would do you know, uh, in relation to cynical foul, and I don't know if you watch the NBA, but they completely transformed the game at the end of the 70s, the start of the 80s, and they continue every year to make it more of a spectacle. They don't care about winning. The rulemakers should be caring about the spectacle and enforcing contests. So when we were playing, I mean, as soon as the ball was thrown in, it was like, oh Jesus! Every you didn't know what was going to happen. It was so unpredictable. Of course, a lot of a lot of ball was lost. A lot of ball was kicked in. The defender won it, not the forward. The forward wins the ball. Can he beat the defender? You're on your you're on your feet all the time. A bit like the Monster hurling final last week. Now the Ulster final, you might have. 30 seconds of excitement, then six, seven minutes of nothing happening, just holding the ball, moving the ball back and forward, back again, recycle it. Ooh, maybe that was a turnover, maybe an almost near turnover. And it's like a crowded a cricket match. Now everybody just tests amongst themselves. And and then the last five minutes is gripping if two teams are playing a blanket defense.
0: What would you say? Because I've had a first-hand experience of having teams and you can get bodies back, right? You can get bodies back to pitch. But teams can still be picked apart. What you say to fellas that say there I mean, in a second now, there is actually a skill in defending in numbers. Because you can have numbers back there and teams still piss through them. But there's an actual skill in where you pressure, how you pressure, uh the skill effect in tackling. Now, I'm not saying I like it, I don't like it. There's a lot of it I don't like. What I don't like, Joe, is and I think that there you have it. It's easier to watch when you have a team that can counterattack like Derry can and then you have a chance of winning and Derry's plan at the moment is obviously to get ahead if they can now to be fair to him they came back which I have to take my hats off to Derry they came back in that ultra final a couple of times when I thought they were actually gonna freaking drift away what you say to fellas who say hang on a second it's not as as as, it's not as easy as just firing 14 fellas behind the 65 and say tackle like fuck
1: no it isn't as easy as that but what happens here is, is it's that it's the personality of the manager and the ability of the manager to structure it that becomes important. So Rory Gallagher, you've got a fanatical person who's very obsessed with the small detail, who's even coaching the players. And I mean, you want to see his behaviour. I was sitting right beside the very I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I knew he was eccentric, but I mean...
0: Like, Would you? I find it hard to even watch if you were standing beside him. Geez, you'd find it hard yeah. not to go
1: yeah. over. Yeah. And I mean the clear the clear um the clear uh, belligerence, like the dislike between Rory and the Donegal subs and Declan Bonner. I mean, you could have <laughs> the atmosphere. <laughs> and the fourth official was constantly mediating, you know, getting in. You know, but he's cute enough. Fairness Rory what he's pissed. achieved. He's cute enough. but like- the the point is this that this is about obsessive attention to detail on the on the blanket defence and on the counter attack, and you can see that. But this requires constant rehearsal, constant rehearsal, and then once you've got it right, once you've got it right, as Jimmy McGinnis did in 2012, now, unless the players don't apply themselves, unless the players don't apply themselves, they're going to be there thereabouts, and in that case, you know, you had players like Murphy McFadden up front. You know, you had good, you know, you had had solid athletes through the team. And that was sufficient. That was sufficient to pull off one of the great coups of Gaelic football that we've ever seen, you know. And don't forget that at that stage, it looked a lot better than it is because everybody else was trying to push up and play ordinary football. So they were catching you in the break. And then you have great games like the 2014 semifinal, when arguably, you know, along with the great Kerry team of the, 70s and 80s, that Dublin team went out certain. Look, we know that they're playing this blanket defence, this country, thank you, but they cannot handle us. We're simply too good. And they got smashed. Making my point to you that a, a mediocre team, a lesser team, if they do it properly, they will beat a, a superior team every single time if that team pushes up. So 2014 semi-final, that was the proof of the pudding. You know, you, this Jimmy McGuinness counter-attack and blanket defensive system, if it's done properly, it will beat even the greatest teams. Yeah. doesn't matter how good they are. They cannot defy the laws of physics. Yeah. You know, as Kevin Castle says to me, well, he says in fairness, Joe, he says, like, if, if, if there's 25 men inside the square, Dermot Codley's not going to score a goal. <laughs> but do you understand it's, then, Joe? So now what happens is, what happened since then is other teams play the blanket. So if you have two teams playing the blanket, like the Ulster final, Derry Donegal, the spectacle's horrific. But Donnie got Derry Monahan because Monahan pushed up. Derry Tyrone, because Tyrone pushed up. Derry looked great. Yeah. Scoring freely. You know, 1-19. But then the problem is once other teams mirror image it and then you're into that stalemate. You, and that's how Kulku Kulkou won the All Ireland Club title last year because a series of teams came out and tried to play football against them. Yeah. Like there's very there's there's, there's no Kulkou player who's a top-quality county player. But they almost beat Corra Finn I know. The they can played I, them. can I put it to like
0: this? Right? If you have a team, do you understand why teams would say, we have a better chance if we hold back? Like, I, I, I put it like There's examples every single day. Like Carlo there achieved whatever they achieved a couple of years ago because they set up a certain way. It's not because they were a better football team. It's because they set up a certain way and they were kind of organized. Kildare against Dublin. Do you think it was foolish the way they
1: set up? I mean, it's it's very foolish nowadays not to play without at the very least a rotating sweeper who knows his business. I mean, one of the problems that that Kildare had was that, well, apart from the kick out, Dublin's kick out press was just, was just excellent and got that's where the first two goals came from. But every time Dublin attacked forward, they had an inside forward who was able to come out and collect a kick pass in front of himself, bouncing into his chest. And then lay it off. I mean, that's where your sweeper ought to be. I mean, Conor. Conor Laverty told me, you know, Conor from Cuckoo. He says, like, Banty asked him to go down to Monaghan. You see, yeah. to to help out. And he says, like, you'll not believe it, Joyce. I was having there playing a training game. He says, like, there wasn't one sweeper. And he says, he says to be honest, he says I nearly had a heart attack. <laughs> Because the Kilku, you see, they've done nothing else yeah, for the last yeah, eleven, twelve years. Yeah, yeah. So they, 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 they took the Jimmy McGuinness model and they said, "That's what we're doing, and we're going to, we're going to keep doing this." Until we went Ulster to be and say "Like they've, they've won, I think nine out of the last ten down titles." You know, that's horrific to watch. But their interest is in winning, of course. Tomas, this is. If you want to, if you want to make it very difficult to beat yourself, this is what you're going to do. But this goes back to the point I'm making. It's perfectly legal, but that's because the lawmakers have allowed this to develop. I mean, I went to a lot of the Mayo championship games last year. I mean, horrific.
0: Football Horrible. has gone terrible,
1: yeah. In more than
0: Mayo, Joe, in a lot of places. Yeah, everybody's doing it. He's looking you? at the Camorita's
1: in the at the weekend. Jesus yeah. Christ! Do you think look, the next look at the, Cork, look, at the, look at the Cork seniors for example, the Cork senior footballers? I mean, they've lost the ability to play Gaelic football at all. It's just blanket, solar on, and head down. You know this. The lawmakers have to start again, and it's pretty simple stuff. They've got to say to themselves, "We are going to enforce contests again." How do we achieve that? you know and there are simple steps to achieve that and that's it at club level you're just going to have to be satisfied with lesser you know with lesser standards but we've always been satisfied with lesser standards at club league level because you can't have you're never going to have one two three five neutral no well sorry seven neutral officials as you do at county games but that's just the reality of it We, we need to free up the game that's the problem
0: what's your favorite thing about the game at the moment
1: Well, I mean, apart from the fact that, you know, the, the cultural side of it and the fact that this is what we are and this is what we do and it's ours and it's uniquely ours, I'm extremely disaffected by it. I mean, the excitement that I used to have for watching Gaelic football, it's largely gone because I know what I'm going to get. You go, it's a triumph of hope over reality. You know, you're going to the games, you're like, oh, f- here we go again. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, I'll give you a good example. The Ulster final, right? It's like, fucking place is going wild. Young girl from for once. For once. Young girl from Derry comes out and she fucking belts out the national anthem. Fucking fucking place is going mental. Place is going mental, right? It's like, oh fucking. You know, Clonus is completely bound. Probably 32 33,000 people. Fucking vast roar. Balls thrown in. There you get possession. Hand pass back. It's knocked back. Knocked down to the side. There you are, silence. Really? What were you doing last night? Did you have any pints? No, I didn't bother last night. Come <laughs> where did, where did you get parked? Where did you get parked? Oh, really? I, 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 I. Hey, 12 minutes before there's a score. 12 minutes. You know, so there's another point to think, which is that, and the other thing is this, it's all very well, if you're like the Dubs or Kerry, and you've got the time and resources, I mean, even Kerry now have employed the blanket defensive expert Paddy Talley to go down there. You know, I think that's going to end really badly, to be honest.
0: I think it's, you know, I, think it's... I think I don't think Kerry I think they're a, a done a done thing at all yet.
1: Oh, no, no, I agree totally, and I think that it's a clash of ideologies. I think the team are, and perfectly illustrated by the league game when Tyrone went down to you the last league game. You no, know, Kerry wanted to give it to Trone after what they did to them last year your own win you know and you're not sure how you want to play now it's so dependent on Clifford without you building a proper game around him you have too many solar runners in the forward line there's too much of this quirky stuff going on but if you know one team Joe that Kerry will struggle with and
0: this is the problem so if you're playing Kerry and you go man on man they'll play football and they like to play open spaces and they like the kicking game So you'd be fairly foolish to play a fucking kicking game with them when you know for a fact you don't have the David Cliffords, you don't have the Shawnee Shays, you don't have the whatever they have in terms of running backs or whatever it is. You'd be foolish to set up against... Like what Tyrone did to Kerry last year is what you would do to a free-flowing football team. Like the one team that I've seen who are a free-flowing football team that will box with you man-on-man if you want to, but will still beat the blanket. The only team I've seen doing it is Dubs.
1: That's the only yeah, team. But, yes, but again, let's come back to that. The dubs have four forwards who are you know who will be the first four on any top fifteen. Yeah. Right. And then you've got David Clifford, and then I probably Darren McCurry. Right. So you've got the four you know, marquee Dublin forwards, like f- legendary forwards who are capable of anything and can win a game on their own. Then you've got David Clifford and you've got McCurry. Very versatile. All two-footers, brilliant finishers, all the rest of it. So, first of all, you've got a superlative group of players. You know, secondly, you know, they've got the character. They're killers. They're winners. You know, and and, and they've got that modesty and they they perform in the clutch and all those things. But on top of that, They have worked relentlessly because they've got the resources to do this. All living at home, they're all in Dublin. They brought in the Irish basketball coach to help them to deal with blanket defences. How do we break them down? And they're the ones who have created the model for breaking down the blanket defence. Yeah. But they've got the time to do that. They've got the the resources to do that. You're at club level and somebody sets up like Kilku. And you're in like a junior club or maybe a a, a pretty, a, you know, a decent Division I club. Like, how do you break it down? But like, Unless they're making mistakes, unless they're fouling you and giving freeze away, it's virtually impossible to do it. I mean, I remember Eamon O'Hara was taking his club team. Uh, I think it was Jordan <laughs> or whoever it was. And he was in an RT and he was talking about how proud he was of the players, you know, but... They actually, as a signal of intent in the county final that year, for the throw-in, they didn't contest the throw-in. They all dropped back into the defence.
0: Why didn't they contest? So they just it? let the
1: referee throw the ball up. They let the referee he <laughs> he used to throw lose ball it. To the ball Not just as a signal of intent. He said, look, let's just show them, you know, that we mean business and we're going to start as we mean to continue. <laughs> they sort of lost like 7-5 or something and Eamon was... You know, even was saying, look, it was a great effort and they just needed to kick on from there. But, you know, you, you, if it's done properly, it's very difficult to defy the laws of physics. Well, I see. I, and I, this is here. If we talk about
0: the Mayos, you talk about the Kerrys of the last six, seven years who haven't been good enough, right? I wouldn't you know the way you'd say it there the dubs have this application and they have this they put in this effort and they have I think the difference between the dublin and the Kerry team and anybody who has come relatively close in the last 10 years is basically like I could name right now Joe you talk about Small and McCarthy and Fenton and Kinkenny and Khan and Cooper and who else rock The Dubs still have seven or eight players, and people are saying they're on the wane and then this. They're still seven or eight players that you put first on your team before any other fellas because you know that the attitude they have, you know they're winners, right? And you know they have the talent to back that up. But you can say then the likes of Mayo or whatever they don't try your hard they're just not good enough like Mayo haven't been good enough to win an All-Ireland right?
1: I, I Mayo's problem is a different one Mayo's
0: problem I'm, is a I'm culture of I'm covering Kerry selection. in that as well Kerry haven't been good enough to win an All-Ireland the last number of
1: years. Mayo's problem is a culture of dishonesty but Joe could no, you no, want no, to argue they're, that they're, they're, not honestly, they're not honestly they're not honestly selecting the right players they're, they're not they're not basing their selection on character there are passengers in that team who've been allowed to do whatever they like you know who they are we all know who they are And once you're below that level of honesty, like the dubs, dear Connolly, boom, you're at the gate. Sorry, Alan Brogan, boom, that's you're gone. Bernard Brogan, that's fine. You can be number 32 if you like, but that's what you are. You know, a culture of honesty pervades that.
0: Have the Mayo fellas or Kerry fellas, and I
1: don't want to be making it out
0: towards Mayo now or anything like that.
1: But Donegal,
0: you could throw in there as well. They're just, when it's actually put up to Kerry, when it's actually put up to Donegal, when it's right there in the thick of it, right when you need to do it, and it's yeah. not there you see what i think dublin have is they have a perfect storm or they had the perfect storm I'm yet to tell they could still win in all ireland very handy this year right i don't think the quality oh, is there right. but when i say a perfect storm you can say the financial side of it you can say the players which is probably the key side of it you can say the backup and the snc you can say the actual management gavin was absolutely outstanding but if if the lower if it's lower in all of those categories in another county, then it's hard to pinpoint just one sector of that.
1: You have to kind of look at all of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but with Mayo you can, because you can say seven All-Ireland finals and you lost all of them. What the fuck? (laughs) Your manhood is at stake, your self-respect, your integrity, your honour. You know, and the dubs were beatable. Two draws that went to replays. Three draws that went to replays. Semi-finals and finals. Two finals and one semi-final. Two thousand and... 15 semifinal, 2016 final, 2017 final. Right? I mean, semifinal against Kerry as well, where they, Kerry had a young team come out and fucking gleefully in extra time put them away. You know, there's, 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 there's a deficiency there of character, of honesty, of applying yourself fully to the bitter end. And the thing about the dubs apart, you know, and I suppose, with their excellence as individual players and all of that, that's one thing, but it's still thoroughly abnormal what they've done. And what's abnormal about it is that they their character is, they, they, they love the clutch. They perform in the clutch. Classic example, you boys had the beat and you were two points up. You were playing much better than they were. They were struggling. They were in a five-in-a-row game. All the pressure was on them. What did they do? They fucking dug it out. You could just see there came a point where all of a sudden, right, this is us now. This is what we do. Clear mind, composure. Right? And you're right, it's a perfect storm. You know, so there's a mixture of rehearsal, initiative, individual excellence. I mean, look at look at Merchant's goal in the replay. Yeah. You know, slick. You know, look at how many different... I think me and you did a thing one day for an all-out of final um, where we looked at Dublin players who have scored in clutch games to win games for them or to turn the tide. and It was like nine different Dublin players, even some substitutes. Cormac Costello came on and turned the 2017 final against Mayo. Remember he came on and he scored three points in the last five or six minutes to go from two behind to one in front. I think that's more or less where we were with it. And this, that's a culture because each player will perform with confidence and composure in that culture. Yeah.
0: This season... The show is brought to you by Airgrid, official timing sponsors of the GAA All-Ireland hurling and football championship and key drivers in Ireland's pursuit of a cleaner energy future. But is it is culture can you Culture's question everything. I think it's hard. I'd find it hard myself personally to question the honesty of of teams just because they haven't won in All Ireland. I'd find it hard to do that.
1: Well, it depends. It depends. I mean, I mean, for example, I I feel for example that um, your your number eleven isn't a number eleven. He's a most culture kicker of a ball, beautiful point scorer. Probably you know him and Dean Rock, obviously the two best free takers in the game. But he's not a playmaker, and he's not a goal scorer. Is that a he doesn't have that sort of vision to move the ball and bring you in you know Ogie Moran we'll wouldn't begin. have McGwigan we'll with Tyrone. Correct, he's not a centre forward, he's not a Greg Blaney, I'm a, a Damien Barton for us, you know, you, you, who's this, you had you you a terrific the number Clint of Sullivan. Um, mm, he was too solar on a running for my leg, and then the Throne boys told me this, they loved to see him coming, because he held the play up,
0: the
1: Throne boys, the let's be honest up. about it, the Throne the boys loved okay, to see the coming us coming every ball every ball day. the Throne boys loved to see us fucking coming every day, <laughs> I don't. I don't know about that. And the other thing I think about Shawnee is that he starts to feel sorry for himself when things are going wrong. I, I saw it really clearly in the trauma match last year. Like it was time for him to step up there. Right, you're the big dog. This is your. This is what you do. This is what you're there for. You know, you got to accept that, and this is what you've got to do. But the truth was, once Clifford was gone, I Malik, mean, what? There's nobody like Clifford. I've never seen anybody like that. I mean, that's shocking. <laughs> like, but for oh, him, Joe, right, for the game to be yeah. where it's at and for Clifford
0: to still be able to shine like he does. Like what yeah. I, i tell you, you just said it there now. Like we'd, we'd be talking about this and we'd say, everybody say, oh, Clifford's a fine when things are going against When things were going against him against Theron, Clifford still banged six points oh. last year, lad.
1: Listen, I thought, I thought his performance against Theron last year was the greatest performance I've ever seen in a losing cause. I mean, Tyrone double-marked him. Mm. Tyrone were all over him. They were fully concentrated on him. And I'll tell you, see when a Tyrone team are going hard like those boys, it's a nightmare playing against them. Because, like, they will go through a brick wall. It's the Tyrone culture. You know? Uh, you know, and, and, and my brother, who, who used to teach in Tyrone, he said, like, it's an expression of who they are. Like, And when they get to that stage in an All-Ireland series, like, they'd rather die than lose. And yet... Clifford, and I mean, as I recall, it was an it was an old bad. Was it was it not Shawnee who gave the old suicide hand pass to Clifford? I think so. Yeah. You know, I mean, what the hell was that?
0: Yeah. No, I I a I'd have great time for Shawnee
1: I think he's going to listen. He's a lovely cultured player. I just think he's out of position there at number eleven.
0: Where like they're they still they're like you look at Kerry and you could break it down and Kerry still have gaps to fill. They still have gaps to fill.
1: I I, I agree. I agree totally on that. Totally on that. And um, once you shut if you shut Clifford down, you no, know, look, it's that league final performance against Mayo, to be honest, with a team that Clifford and played with with the way Mayo do, which is completely disorganised. Mayo were totally disorganised. You know, there's a lot of teams that could do that to him. I mean, if Galway had pushed on in the first round in, in, in Connacht, sorry, if they had pushed on in Connacht against them, they would have walloped them. Instead of, because uh, they've been scarred by, by being beaten by Mio regularly over the last number of years. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I agree with you that, um, although Kerry will be delighted that Tyrone are out and that Tyrone have performed so badly this year. Cause I think that Kerry are now afraid of Tyrone when they see them coming and they, they play with hesitancy. Well, I think Kerry have always, always, and I ain't talking the last 20 years, Kerry have always struggled against
0: a team that will set up in any way Defensively. anyway, defensively. It not a team that... 2014, Fitzmaurice. All it's he did, did was drop... All he did was keep his defence back as such. I don't think there was too much of a... And they had a bit of luck on the day. They had a bit of luck with the goal. and They had a bit of luck with Donegal not scoring a goal. But that was the day. That was the only day, I think, that... That, that Kerry um, outwitted... Not outwitted, but beat a, a team. I think I'd think, still think that Kerry would have answers to questions to answer in that regard.
1: Come here, we we Mm. could talk about... Donegal didn't really go for it that day. Donegal thought after the semi-final, keep things tight. These boys are out of their depth against our system. They're going to come up and push up on us. Just relax. They may get a few scores early on, but we'll grind them down and we'll beat them. This is what we'll do. They were surprised by the way Kerry set up. And then you could sense... There was almost a sense of inevitability. And then, of course, I still say it, you know, probably, I don't know if it's right to say he doesn't get the credit he deserves, you know, and you don't like to praise him, but Donaghy. <laughs> like another fucking nightmare because because Donaghy, You don't like to praise him. <laughs> you don't like to praise him, but you'd have to say, you know, he was... He was a catalyst for your grip as well, because I'll tell you what Donohue was. Donohue was defiance. Donohue said, "Fuck you, fuck you," and it was a big "fuck you" that everybody could see around him like a glow. Yeah, fuck you. And that's what Donohue was, and that's what he did. Donny Gall that day, and the way he has, you know, his performances in finals. Come on, yeah. you know, uh, uh, and 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 an anarchist of football, you know, and not afraid of anybody. And, and that's what the current Kerry team are lacking. Imagine, imagine Clifford had Donaghy on the edge of the square yeah. alongside him. Forget about but it. Like we went, Joe,
0: I remember, we went from a team that were able to kick pass. First of all, we were kick passing into a full forward line. You had Gooch coming out. You had Declan Sullivan coming out. Small, handy footballers, but well able yeah. to win their ball. And when teams sussed that out, we brought Donnie in there. Then we started booming balls in and we caught teams out like that. And then people sussed that one and we didn't come back quick enough to playing football through the lines and it cost us, I think it cost us All Irelands actually, because we kept on yeah, banging it. In. Was,
1: it was the mix of it. But to be fair, in in um uh, when he when was brought on as a sub, that was a classic example that day. And I know Mayo were losers. And I and I and if that sounds like an insult, it is. I mean it sincerely that they're losers. You know, in the sense that you know, there's a, there's a lack of, 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 of character as a grip to say, we will not fucking tolerate this anymore. Enough is a fucking enough.
0: How do you... you know, how we do will you come not? away...
1: We, 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 we will take one Celtic cross now. One Celtic cross, we will take it. After that, it doesn't matter. You know, we'll be able to fucking look each other in the eye and we'll be able to walk with pride wherever we go in this country because we played in seven fucking finals and it's not fucking good enough, all right? And will we go to the well... All right, this is it. That's what you are. You are what you are. We won one all Ireland. I meet those boys. See, like, nobody has to say anything. It's not about the medal, it's about your self respect. It's about who you are as a person. You you sit down with Tony Scullion. I meet Tony Scullion once a year. Like, nobody has to say anything. We're at ease in each other's company because we trusted each other and therefore we can trust each other. Something very special about it. It's difficult to explain to people who haven't been there. You've been there many, many times. You know you what I'm talking about. I
0: always used to think, you don't have to be best friends with a group. You don't have to, you don't have to, I don't know, play golf with each other. You don't have to be hanging around with each other. But once you go on the field and you know, you just know that that guy over there has your back no matter what happens in the match, that there's a kind of a bond, whatever, there's a kind of a, the dubs have it. You know, I suppose every team that wins, Joe, have it on that
1: day that they win. gee, meet up. I win without it. You can't win with passengers. Like it's a brotherhood, or it's not. You know the old cliché that you're only as strong as the weakest character in the grip. Well, that's that's where you are with it. You know, and that's why Mayo we were not winning all Irelands as they should have. Do you, Are you a kind of a guy? Players like they were the most exciting. They were the most exciting team in the country for ten years. You know, the, every game they played was an event. Yeah, I mean the, the entertainment that they brought this country was unbelievable. Seriously. I, know, I, know. I mean, they played in the, the two have, best dollar final time them, no. solid finals I've time for I I've ever seen. What? I'd have a great time for them, like, in terms of
0: what they have achieved. Like, what, what baffles me is, yeah, how they've come back and how they've been so close and how they've not got across the line. Because they're in Connacht. Huh?
1: Because they're in Connacht. <laughs> <laughs> you're a bit little bit slaggo, you're the champions. Yay. Send them up to Ulster, see how they get on.
0: Connacht has been better. Has been better than Munster, Leinster for the last. Place.
1: Oh, oh Munster's, Munster's not great than I did before. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> no. Come here. Can I ask you another thing? Do you miss? It's do so you miss nothing being on television?
1: Sad. Oh man, I don't know. To be honest with you, but no, I'll tell you. Now, I'll tell you what happened with it. See, when I started in the you Full freedom and independence, and it was a lot of fun. And you were treated with, with respect, and you know, you were sort of you, you could go there, and, and, and it was most enjoyable. It was a lot of fun. Then, you know, obviously, things changed from the top shortly after you arrived. Then, very different setup. Then, you know, you were sort of like school children, then you were know, been lectured to and sent texts and told what to do, <laughs> what you could say, and what you and now, now it's like it's like a fucking morgue, like, it's like. And they're sitting with podiums. I mean, this podium thing. What are they going to do? Like a party political broadcast? I mean, it's more boring than the news now. And there's no sense now from RT of look. This is entertainment. This is supposed to be something that entertains people that they talk about in the morning. morning and say, like, wasn't that great fun that debate? And you know, what do you think of that? That was said. I mean, now it's like, would you on purpose? Genuinely, I mean that. I mean, I don't know anybody who who says now. That 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 there's entertainment, and I, mean, I feel sorry for the pundits. I feel sorry for everyone involved. There, I mean, it said Des Cahill said at the weekend. He said, "Oh my God!" Like he said, "Did you see Des Cahill's interview in the Independent?" Oh. He said, "Like oh, he said like funds all gone out of it." He said, "Like it's it's just not the same," and you know, where's the debate and the passion? You know, and like at the in the end of the day, this is our recreation and our love. We talk about the games and we love the games. Uh, 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 and we want honest responses to it, and and all of that. And young people are not see this sort of, um, suppose what's the best way to describe it? The sort of corporatization of punditry, which now means you know, saying, "Oh, you go, now you go, now you go." It's like a panel sitting discussing politics, you know. And, and it's very it's very formulaic. They're not talking about the bigger picture or the things that are interesting. Because a million. Wrong. It's supposed to be about... You, you don't... It, like, I think there's a fundamental thing here. You shouldn't be getting people to come on the TV who are no good on the TV. <laughs> like if, it's, if it's somebody who's really boring in real life, you know, you're like, all right, here, here. Right? You want to you want to you here, you wanna come on... I, I know you're a real bore, but you, you want to come on the TV, right, and, 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 uh, in front of sort of 600,000 people on the final day... Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Okay, you turn up then. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, what sort of criteria is that? And, and and I think that that's the problem now. You know that 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 <gasps> you've got a you've got a you've got a, a structure there now and an approach, which is the opposite of entertainment. And I just don't mean you know. And I know the old case was oh, you know, it's important to do analysis, and of course it is. But like, anybody knows as much about football as I do. You know, me and you, for example, know as much about football as each other or any, or any interested spectator of the games. You know, like this idea of, you know, like, oh, you know, well, you know, Fermanagh had, uh, you know, 27 hand passes in the first half and, you know, the Fermanagh full forward's doing a lot of damage and Tron really need, I think that the sweeper needs to move back it's like, I'm watching the fucking game. I can see that myself. Can I? You know the, the the bigger themes, what's happening in the game. You know, I mean, you you get you get fascinating developments. In the game. I mean, Jimmy McGuinness coming along was probably from the scholarly, from the educating ourselves in football was probably the most fascinating thing that we've seen. You know, then then how Dublin managed to sort of break down the blanket defence, Dublin's movement, the way they play their kick out press, all those things. But you have to be conscious of the fact that there are people of all ages sitting around, sitting in bars and in living rooms watching this. And in the end, in the end, it's about being inspired a wee bit. It's about entertainment. It's about them saying, "What do you think of that? That was interesting." Yeah. I, I, whether it's right, whether it's right or whether it's wrong, I'll tell you the bit. My favourite story about it was the time I went after Tyrone for the cynical foul. You know, and young people now would think that was so quaint if it happened now. But whenever I did it at that time, it captured the mood of the country. Everybody was enraged with what they were doing. They were doing that systematic pull down. It was before the black card. And like it was a shocker. They'd done it for four games in a row. Kildare, Meath. Then they had Monaghan in the semi-final. Cavan or Kavanaugh pulls down. Manus so, was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, it's up to the rule to change the rules. Your your friend your friend Sean Kavanaugh. You're good. You're a good pal, Tomas. I was going say like whatever you were sitting with in the Sunday game, we were say, like, oh my, it reminded me of. John Mortimer's great line about a judge who had a pained expression he said, like the mother superior in the middle of a heavy period <laughs> you sitting beside Kavanaugh, you know you said, like, especially after the game between the boy and the other boys he was going around looking for people to get sent off and oh, no. Jesus, can't have them at all anyway when I went on that rant that day in the studio for the 7 or 8 minutes or whatever it was, and they missed the commercial break and all at the end it was like what the fuck, David Hickey rang me that night. The great David Hickey, the Dublin yeah. doctor. The greatest person I've ever met. A miraculous I, I mean this sincerely. The greatest human being I've ever met. Really founded the whole organ donation thing, the whole transplant system in Ireland. I mean, the most incredible, selfless human being. And a great footballer, too, for, for all Irelands, I think, with that great Dublin team. The first pin-up boy of Gaelic football. But he rang me and he said, Joey said old man, he said, old boy, he always says, old boy, he said, I I, I, was in a, I was in a bar in Kerry, he said, I can't remember whereabouts, he said. He said, and when you finished, there was a standing ovation in the bar. <laughs> Public conversation, you know, and whenever you were on the Sunday game, people used to say, it, very interesting what Tomas was talking about, you know, because people relate to you as a personality and you've got a charisma and, and a, so you say like, so there is that. I mean, that's what's been forgotten now. It's not the fact that you were a good footballer. There's a load of good footballers, great footballers who can't really communicate very well and aren't terribly interesting. You know, you, I mean, I wasn't a I, I wasn't a great footballer, but I'm a very good communicator. I mean, I wasn't in your league as a Gaelic footballer. But the point is this: that that's not the criteria for being on telly. I'm
0: not, there's not too many people in your league as a communicator either. Joe, can I ask you one thing about? Like, I think one of the things R.D. had right was they had the same yourself, O'Rourke's Spalan on, and it was regular. And the big games, it was regular. And I, I, I like, I don't know, it's just me, I like to see the same guys, because then you can see a pattern flowing, you can see a relationship building, you can see all this happening, and you can go from game to game, geez, O'Rourke said this about me the last day, what's he going to say today? You're waiting for that. So that kind of is there. During that time, and this is just—you are clever enough to do this. If things were going kind of quiet, would you fire a fucking squad in there for the crack?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and of course, of course, you know. And I—I I would sometimes, like, I can remember, you know, if 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 uh, Sp- if Spalladden was going on or annoying me or something, I'd be saying to him, you know, off off camera, you know, I'd be going like, "Oh, there's go with that?" you know, be like, you know, maybe, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, but you're absolutely right about that. Garrison Keeler, the great author and uh, raconteur, you know, he said that radio and TV is about false friendship. You know, it's about people in their sofas saying, "Wow," thinking that they know you. I mean, and I have that. There's no barrier between me and people all over this country. No matter where I go, people talk to you as if they know you. Like, people come up to you and they say, and, like, if somebody from another country like, do you know him? No, I never met him before in my life, you know. <laughs> and they would start in the middle of a sentence, you know, my granny was saying, Joe, that you were, you know, blah, 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 or, you know. And, and that's what you say is absolutely correct. You watch what they do in the NBA. They've got Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley, and Ernie. That's it. That's it. That's it. And so you get used to this and they get so at ease with each other. It's like going into their living room, you know, and when we were there, it was like, people said like all the time, just what you're saying, you know, and I love that myself watching the NBA or watching any of those sports where you, like I, I used to enjoy it when Hanson and and were doing match of the day, you know, and then now they're bringing all this and it, it's, it's lost its sense of friendship, false friendship. And that's completely gone now. Because you don't know who's going to turn up, and you know it's all political correctness. I mean, it's 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 really disappointing that they've lost the whole notion of, and particularly in Gaelic games, where where we're animated by our games, and we like to see passion, and we like to see, you know, because it's what we are. This isn't like soccer or professional sport. This is what we are in here.
0: Yeah, I was, I was. Telling some, I was on to the brother there, and we were talking about. Um, I was saying I was going, going talking to Joe on the podcast. He was on to me just before I came on, because I says uh, I'm going to ask him about Petty Carney, and uh, he says, uh, Jesus Christ Almighty. He says, What connection did he have with Petty Carney? Even he said it. He says, Jesus Christ Almighty. What connection did he have with Petty Carney? And I says he went out. Um, what, what years, you, this is basically, to give people a kind of a background, players would go to America and they'd be carried out, you'd get a phone call at home when you come out for a weekend to play football.
1: Yeah, we went out, me and Fergal Bukowski were out for a weekend after we'd won the All-Ireland to play for Throne yeah. in the New York Championship. Frank, the last time they'd won, the last time they'd got to the final was when Frank, the great Frank McGuigan was playing for them. See, and every match was a fighting match, you see. We went out for the weekend anyway. And we thought... You know, this this will be leisurely. It'll be all good fun, and that 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 was that was reinforced whenever we arrived out. You see, and they paid for our flight and all, and we arrived out, and they brought us straight to the pub. You thought fucking happy days. Right. So so this was the Saturday night. They brought us straight to the bar. Say like, now lads, we're going to take it easy tonight. Now you know we're, we're only going to have a few beers. We've got a few bay off tonight, lads. You know we'll take it easy. You <laughs> see. And uh, so it's about it's about two o'clock in the morning, it's about at least twelve beers. Right. And then and then the next morning now we were flying fit. This is maybe this is like a few weeks after All Ireland, I think. Anyway, we uh we arrive at the pitch and they, they carried in a big tray of beer. In a cooler box with ice, cream. me and Rister were laughing, you know. And he was <laughs> saying okay. something and I said, and Paddy Carney, I didn't know Paddy Carney. Paddy was like a WCW, a WWE wrestler. He had a big blonde, then he had a big blonde. i met him since then. the time we met with Dara Canadia down where Dara's yeah, from yeah. at the bottom of the mountain. And Paddy has this, had this big blonde like that and down. And he was a big, big, powerful man. He was about 6'5, you know? John. Well, geez, he was a big man. So anyway, me and Rister were sort of. So like, I was laughing about something. He says, What's so fucking funny, Derry Man? What's so fucking funny? He, was like, he, he, fucking, he fucking grabbed me like this here. He grabbed me like this <laughs> here. And he put me up against the wall. He says, You'll not come over here and laugh at us, Derry Man. You'll laugh at I says, oh, No, 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 no. This so fucking. <laughs> he says, you fucking come over here and laugh at us, Derry Man. He says, He says, I says, No, no, no. And he says, And he set me down. You see, he set me down. He said, he set me down. like, Fuck he's just he let's and he took out he had like false teeth he took out the false teeth and he went let's let's fucking do it for in! And he smashed the fucking He smashed the false teeth down the ground And this is not a joke I was like I was just like, What the And out they fucking thundered out the door like fucking paramilitaries going or like the like the paratroopers going into the bog side out they thundered through the door. Audie Hamilton from Throne was playing full forward. You wouldn't remember Big Audie. Jesus, what a character, Big Audie. Huge big man. Huge big man as well. And before the ball was turned, he just hit he just hit the full back for the other team. And you were his wingman. Well, it just exploded, you know. <laughs> and, and, and and I mean the whole pitch, the whole pitch, isn't is on a joke. Everybody was fighting, you know. And I sort of inched over, I inched over the end line and just walked over to the, my man says to me, he says, Oh Jesus, I'm only out for the weekend as well. I says, we better make a pretense of it at least. So we did a bit of wrestling. This is not a joke. It was like, you know, it was like actors. We did a bit of wrestling, you know. And then I hear boys afterwards, Jesus, bro, give his man some beating. <laughs> Would you not- look like, up?
0: I remember doing it?" you'd live for those weekends like the crack you'd have
1: like the crack he must have had after the All-Ireland show these two women dropped us back Fergal McCusker was you know I mean the women loved Fergal these two girls dropped us back in a, in a two seater sports car up, us sort of sitting behind them you know we are really basically over their shoulders dropped us back to the airport a day late we missed our flight <laughs> ah those were the days those were the days
0: <laughs> Are you looking forward to the rest of the championship for Derry? Well
1: I have to say, I was surprised at how deep my reaction was when we won the Ulster title. And it was a sense of, you know, elation and of sort of self-respect. Like The last time we won Ulster, I was playing in 1988. And so it's a long, long break for a county like ours, where there's a huge amount of work being done. I mean, Kieran McKeever, my good friends now the vice chair in Derry and he's doing a massive amount of work. And, you know, we're very, very well organised. Mm. And so, you know, it was a very, I was very deeply moved, I have to say, for at least a day. But I don't feel really that excited about it because it's all, it's all very predictable what's going to happen from Derry's point of view. You know, Derry are going to play that way. Yeah. And the only issue, the only issue is now, are the boys in any sense satisfied with being Ulster champions because it's been so long and there was such euphoria or, or are they now going to tune in? And I think that the advantage that Rory Gallagher has is that he's been there, like to be fair to Rory, there's absolutely no doubt the boys adore him. Mm. Like they believe in him, like in the same way that the Donegal boys believed in Jimmy McGinnis. You know, and and Jimmy had those sort of messianic qualities. You know, those blazing eyes, and you believe anything that Jimmy would tell you. That. And so with Rory Gallagher, it's very much like Jim. Jim said to me once, he said like, you know, there were there may have been some doubters at the start. I know there may have been some doubters at the start. He said, you know, but uh, he says once they see what you're telling them coming through, mm. then they believe in it. You know, once they see what you're telling them coming through, then they believe in it, and that's what's happened with Rory now. He's telling them you're going to be the Ulster champions this year. We're going to beat Toronto, don't worry about that. That's going to be easy. Monaghan are not going to be able to compete with us. At Donegal, we have to be more patient, you know. And but we'll beat them, you know. Because in the end they're soft. Which they are. There's the softest in that Donegal team. Every time every time this current Donegal team has been put up to them, they've wilted. And so the interesting thing will be to see whether or not we've got that same level of motivation. Because if we have, in spite of the fact that we're very reliant on our defenders for our defending and our scoring. Yeah. I mean, our scoring all comes from our hyperactive running defenders, and that's not going to take you to win in All Ireland. Mm. But we're going to be extremely difficult to beat.
0: When you and if we, can,
1: if we win our last qualifier game, we get <coughs> Galway in the semi-final. We get their side, so we're avoiding Kerry and Dublin. Yeah. So there's a great prize there, huge. Who do you think is going to win it? What Dublin. Thing? Huh? Dublin. Dublin. Because they're killers. It they, they, they doesn't, you know. We know that they're killers. Like they're they, they 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 excel in that moment when everything is on the line. Yeah. Who are you going to pick? Like Conor Callahan, Dean Rock to kick a vital free. Conor Callahan, Kieran Kilkenny, Cormac Costello. I mean, Jesus, these are brilliant, brilliant players. Mm. You know, Brian Fenton, surging Forward. They've got so many weapons all over the field. I think if, if when you're looking at the game now and you
0: see so many games where I think everybody would love to see Kerry Dublin this year just go at each other and see what way they set up, see what way they they, they approach the game. And I think it probably will happen the way it's laid out in the semi-final. And I have a feeling, even though I've, I've, there's something above and the north that always has me in the back. If you have a team as hungry, it's the hunger that's jumping out at me with Derry. They just, they will pounce on you. So that's a problem down the road. That's an and Ulster thing.
1: That was, that was ravenous for Ulster. Yeah. I mean that sincerely. Like, Ulster's massive. Every game we played this year, it was capacity sellout. Yeah. Capacity sellout. That's Ulster championship. Well, I can't help and the likes of fucking Dublin. I you know, Dublin, you wouldn't mind. Kerry, like, to, to not have that intensity for at least two games before you go up to Dublin. Can't yeah. be like It would be, be very interesting if you sent, if you sent Kerry and Dublin up to Ulster. It would yeah, you know, like if you sent the like it wouldn't be orders. coming out every year, not at all,
0: you Joe, on that note, I, I, what would you? What do you? Yes, and I don't want to go into it because I've, I've taken up enough of your time. But yes or no, would you hold the provincials? Oh no, I blast away! Would you? Would you
1: hold the provincials? Say that again. Would you hold on to the provincials? Well, you mean you have to, from Ulster's point of view, and don't forget that politically, you're going to have to because of the the provincial councils. The only reason that the new championship plan got through was because it retained the provincials. Right. Because if, if the provincial councils don't vote for it, it's not going to get through. So it was a politically, you know, it was a political decision. But then, like, okay, that's fine. And I've said
0: this to everybody that I've said and, and, and that I spoke to about this, right? And I'm just looking, it could be a cork that come out of Munster, right? But in the tightest squeeze of a championship slash league slash pre-season competition. So you have pre-season competitions, you have McKenna Cup, you have Ulster or you have the national full round of national leagues. Like they had eight games in 10 weeks. And then the Ulster championship, which is ferocious and is the only interesting part in the early summer. But then you go down to the south and you have eight games in 10 weeks. And then you have three games in 12 weeks. Kerry have had three games in twelve weeks. Yeah. Oh, I think it's just—I would love a championship that would have everybody
1: playing the same amount of games. The spacing between games is what I'm on about. Would be. The... We well, are right, but but I mean the, that the, the provincial the provincial championship should only give you a seating into. You, know, you can't give you a scene in, into the into the, the overall Ireland series, the 16 and the 16, and that's what's going to happen from next year. But why don't they? Why do they start? Next year, sure. from next year, the system that you're describing is going to occur. Yeah. But
0: why do they start? All
1: the, all the, all the provincial championships gonna do next year is if you win it, right? Or if you're the runner up and you haven't already qualified as one of the top sixteen because of your league position. Then you get into the top 16 and the bottom two teams drop out. Yeah. So don't forget that from next year, the championship is going to be on the basis that you suggest.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I question then, like, say a Munster championship starts in May and they start the Ulster championship around the same weekend. Sometimes they start the Munster championship before it and there's only six counties there or whatever. And then there's a the gap between games and Munsters. Like, Why not start the Munster championship a little bit later, if that's the case, so that the games are bang, 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 bang. And they're all playing at the same intervals. I don't know. Maybe that's that's just me. I like a lot of people say you have it handy down there. The most dangerous game always for us was always the fighting because we had a fucking clue where we stood or where we had games between ourselves. Whereas up north,
1: Derry know foo they're road tested. They know what they're facing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they 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 will know they'll know. And don't forget Tyrone's our next door neighbours. Tron went in one and won in All Ireland last year, and Derry are thinking. We can do that. Now, you know, with the system we have, it's going to be extremely difficult to break down. The boys are extremely disciplined. They've had a good break since the Ulster final. They'll be fully refreshed. And uh, as you say, the grip is ravenous. Yeah. And all they've been hearing all their lives is 93, 93, 93, 93, 93, you know, 93, 93, 93, 93. And, uh, there's not a lot out there, moss. Yeah. No, I mean, Dublin... Is, I was just going to say, what do you think
0: of the genuine quality and contenders in the country?
1: Well, Dublin were completely abnormal. Normally, what happens is like what happened last year. A, a team gets... Like thrown one last year and, and they just sort of... They came out of the blue. Monaghan should have beaten them in the Ulster final. The Kerry game made them... You could see them growing in stature, playing with composure, confidence, ruthlessness, you know... You never felt that Kerry were going to win that game, never. You know, and even with all of Clifford's heroics, all that was doing was keeping Kerry, Kerry's head above water. But with the Dubs, it's different. You know, and as soon as they're gone out of the picture, and hopefully that'll be soon, you know, in the next few years, then you'll have a much more democratic system. Yeah, where you'll have we'll be back to a much more competitive all around. Like to be fair, last year's championship was great because of what happened. You know the Dubs being beaten was terrific, huge yeah. sense of relief. But you know it, it was too much to hope for that they were, that they were gone. I mean, look at their age profile; they're still young. Well, Ciaran Whelan used to always tell me that like, they are
0: young. That core group is young. But he said to me, and it is kind of coming true. He says, "You wait, you wait till that core group—the Fentons, the Kilkennys—you wait until they slip by." and the same quality. This is once in a generation. Now, he was saying
1: that as they were that's winning right. Four, yes, That's right. And as they were winning No, but that's players. right. It was hard to take. Right. But I mean, you get one, you get, you get, it's like the great Kilkenny hurling team. You know, you get a Cono Callahan once every 50 years. Yeah. Like it's, it's freakish. Yeah. You get a, you, you never get a David Clifford. I mean, that's I don't know what the hell that is. That's like fucking, you know, the, the magic potion and asterisk and obelisk. You get this fucking thing that six foot four and kicks with two feet. <laughs> and is a, is a is is, is you know he, he he's a sort of a he's a sort of a, a Frankenstein cross of the bomber Liston and Colin Cooper and Morris Fitzgerald. I mean, and the character. The kid has got everything. This is your prototype G.A. Gillick football monster, like Gillick, Gillick football Terminator, Yeah, you know. But aside from Clifford, I mean, and, and it shows you how good the dubs are. You know, and also some of Kerry's deficiencies, that Kerry have not yet won a senior All-Ireland. I mean, in his last minor All-Ireland football final, it was against Derry, right? For fuck's sake. I remember. He scored four goals and four points from play. Yeah. Four goals and four points. I mean, he did everything when he back the ball into the net or try an overhead kick. I mean, at one stage, Derry had about four men marking him, and it's like the bounce to the right hand, the left, just do we pull back. Oh yeah, see you there now. We dump to his elbow. I mean, this is perfection. We've never seen anything like this. Yeah, and, and, and so I think that uh, if this finishes your podcast off triumphantly from a Kerry perspective, he cannot be resisted. I mean, Kerry are going to win a senior All Ireland. Um, if it's not this year, it's going to be soon because this kid cannot be resisted yeah you know i just don't think you've sufficiently built the team around him yet i think that there's still too much solar running the ball's not being moved to him quickly enough he's also a brilliant uh playmaker you know there's nothing that he can't do his flicks both hands his awareness of what's going around him i mean I, i've never ever seen anything like it I, I, you know, this is this is this is completeness and I still I just cannot believe it. I see I see like Stephen O'Brien playing left right. What the fuck? Solar on his head down. What is that? Well I think you know, the first instinct of so many of your players now is to get the ball on hmm.
0: I think hmm. teams like I do know Jack Connor does like kicking the ball. I think when we played when we trained, we had our trial games and we weren't allowed to take a play out of the ball. We weren't allowed to take a bounce, a hop, or a solo. So I think the issue is teams know if you have fucking Clifford inside there, Jesus Christ, get bodies back and cover that space. Cork the, 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 the other thing is, the other thing is,
1: is the air. Give Go it to on. him early. Huh? Give it to him early. I would also play him in the edge of the square rather than corner forward. Yeah. I'd be playing him on the edge of the square. We we'll hope he's around
0: for a long time. He'll give us plenty to talk about. Joe, I'm going to have to leave you there. By you have been very kind and generous with your time. Uh, it was a pleasure I haven't seen you for a while, so it was good seeing you as well. And uh, I hope that we cross paths fairly soon, my Mahara. I will. Uh, it was an honour and a pleasure to have you on at Moss in association with Airgrid. Joe Brodie or Emile Mahagat.
1: It's my pleasure. I, I think I wrote about you once that you were the Rolls Royce of wing halfbacks, <laughs> and Egan uh, and would that, have something I, to say I, about I, that. Sin- I sincerely meant that, my friend.
0: <laughs> Thanks again to our sponsor, Airgrid. Official timing sponsors of the GAA All-Ireland Hurling and Football Championship and key drivers in Ireland's pursuit of a cleaner energy future.